1: Come plan your dream wedding all in one day at the 17th Annual Newport Bridal Show on March 3rd. Meet with more than 80 top wedding professionals at two of Newport's most romantic venues, Rose Cliff and Ocean Cliff Mansions. Visit newportbridalshow.net to buy your ticket today. <laughs> Howdy folks, welcome to the Cape Cod Fun Show. It's the show that's all about having the most fun possible in the most beautiful place on earth, Cape Cod, USA. My name is Eric Williams and Mung is here. Whoop. And Greg is here. How are you doing? Oh, fellas, we got a big, giant show. A huge show today as we press on into the tiny, crusty month of February 2019 here on Cape Cod. Let's check that all-important Cape and Islands weather forecast for Saturday, February 9th. Sunny with a high near 32. little gusty wind, maybe. Sunday, sunny with a high near 33. That looks like a calmer wind day. Cannot complain, fellas, about the winter that wasn't on Cape Cod. I have not picked up a shovel. I have not been inconvenienced. A little black ice here and there maybe, but are you kidding me?
0: We've been so lucky. This is ridiculous. Right? What did insane. we do to deserve this? This is great. So far, thus far, knock on wood. It's kind of it, weird, it, though. It, it'll change, yeah. you
1: know. I yeah. mean, remember yeah. last year? Remember March? Everything March, looked good. March is
2: a brutal and mistress. And we got, what,
1: four nor'easters? Look at you guys sounding the alarm. I'm telling you, this is smooth sailing, and for me, it's kind of <laughs> disappointing. No cross-country skiing, no sledding, no snow golf. I mean, this is kind of just a weird, chilly waiting room as we look at our seed catalogs and dream about tomatoes don't we want something how about a good nor'easter how about some erosion anybody a little erosion greg you order some erosion
2: no Just pretend you never said this
1: well all right then that's no
2: good no
0: snow
1: no erosion no nor'easters no houses going over the edge
2: it's
0: gonna be great it's gonna be quiet
1: i mean last winter we had that house at Balsam beach shop finally got down to it and they had to move it it was big and crazy and and sad i guess we don't want that though Huh. No, all that all, all that
0: flooding in Town. Remember all that water that was like washing down Commercial Street? But it uh, makes you
1: feel alive.
0: And Nosset Beach, poor Liam's, you know, got pommeled. Oh,
1: Remember that's that? right. The onion rings that was, are gone forever. That was right, March. P.
2: Liam's, no.
1: Uh, now that you put it that way, Greg, I guess big storm and erosion stuff. That was a stuff. horrible month. It was but don't you get bored? I mean, we're New Englanders. We're supposed to have snow sports. We're supposed to be running like bunnies through the snow. Bloop, bloop, Hello, Mr. Snowman. Oh, Jack Frost, come on in. Get in my knapsack. It's fantastic. We are tough. Jerky tough. That's how tough we are. Like delicious jerky. All right. Looks like the weather's going to be pretty good, so let's check the tides, because let's get out there. We can get out there this weekend. Your high tides for Saturday, February 9th, a delicious... p.m. Afternoon high tide. Then about 3 or so on Sunday, February 10th. That means your early morning high tides check in around 8 and 9 o'clock. Good day to get up, uh, go right out to the flats, and and walk around in the 32-degree temperatures, fearing nothing, strong, resilient, finally getting rid of that Super Bowl hangover, and I guess that's one of the things we must address We've been lucky enough to have our New England Patriots in the Super Bowl. Last three years it's been, and many playoff runs. And so you get every ounce of football squeezed into your football juice glass. And you get to watch and think about football all the way into February. And wow. But then it's all over. Sure, we've gloated for the past few days. It's been nice, right? What are you going to do now? We enjoyed the game. Greg, you said you watched the game in the newsroom, an unusual place to watch the game. I had to work Sunday night, you know,
0: so I I was forced to watch the game. Um, But interestingly enough, I rooted for the Patriots. I, I, and and I was very very tense. That's and, a shocker. And I kept turning to my um, compatriot, my my coworker, <laughs> and, and saying, "How do you guys? How do you guys stand this tension? You know, week after week, I was I was." gnawing my fingernails. You know why I was rooting for them, though? Why? Because I had asked our staff for, you know, uh, um, uh, headlines for next day's paper, you know, the best take, you know, the the cleverest, you know, pithiest headlines, and the best headlines were if they won. I see, because no one wanted to even think. The poorer headlines were the ones where they lost, and I was sitting at my desk going, no, they have to win, because these headlines really, if they lose, they're not very good.
1: Well, I have to say, Greg, the fact that you ignored mine, the Joy of Six. <laughs> I, the Joy of Six. I was wondering when you were going to bring that you up. Know, I'm glad we have you pinned down right here because uh, <laughs> Joy of Six was on the Boston Herald, by the way. And the Daily Mail. Come on, it dude, was, it. It was It was good. I, it was good. Prized
0: possession. I, that, that wasn't mine. No, I, that, that, I mean,
1: it was like, what? That's like an, uh, an ancient lock of hair and a, like a jewelry box. Surprise <laughs> possession. Not a Super Bowl victory. Rawr! I mean, come on. That was I
2: like the Edelman photo. That was, was a good, that was, good a great, that,
0: that was a great photo. Good pick. But it, right. it, was, it was a good pick.
1: Well, I mean, that's why the fun show exists because we've been depending on the Patriots' fund for this march through the playoffs, and now. We've been dropped off to the curb, fellas. Uh, It's now really winter on Cape Cod. The weather has not been that bad, but it's hard to fool yourself that we're we're in the middle of excitement time here. This is really when you see tumbleweeds made up of fish skeletons just rolling down the main streets of all the villages. And you have to make your own fun. Hmm. You have to put down your device. It's hard. And get out there in the world and stride about with a grin on your face and a whistle on your lips. And that's what we're here for, and thank God. Thank God this is coming up, because Greg, I know you're a big fan of this. We're talking about dark beer. Oh my God, I love a dark beer. dark beer festival coming up this Saturday, February 9th. Cape Cod Beer on Saturday will host the Dark of Winter Black Ale Project Beer Festival it's the first ever festival dedicated to the nonprofit work that helps veterans charity. So you get to sample a bunch of dark beers and you're helping vets. We are behind this 100% and it's... A sort of toe dip into the odd and sometimes difficult to understand world of dark beer. I know, Meng you're deeply afraid of dark beer. I am afraid. I'm
2: usually a a Pilsner lager type.
1: So you look at a a big mug of dark beer staring back at you blackly. What are some of the thoughts you're having as the, the panic response kicks in?
2: Well, I hope I don't fall in and never get out. Like that, it's that, it. Is it like molasses? Yeah, it's like one of those, mola- like that <laughs> yeah. big Boston
1: molasses spill that, that got all those people Hmong stuck. Mung doesn't want any of that. Totally. So you think it could tip over and you'd be running in slow motion as the dark beer washed over you. Mm-hmm. I don't know. To me, sometimes if you get a good dark beer, it's like a delicious... Meal—it's resonant, and it, it brings about introspection, and you see things more clearly. You wonder why Pluto is relegated to mini-planet status, and other deep thoughts. Don't you find that, Greg?
0: Wow, you think all those things when you drink dark beer? I'm impressed. Well They're you know going, you I'm get very, the head of a dark beer
1: swirling around almost like a cappuccino or something. It's very, very rich. It's it's very you know, like the chocolate. I mean there could be coffee in there. It's it's a it's a it's a it fills your mouth, your brain. This is going to be great. Besides uh, Cape Cod beer, they'll have Knockabout from Mashpee, 6A Brewing from Sandwich, someplace called Barrel House, Bone Up Brewing from Everett, Buzzards Bay Brewing from Westport, Moon Hill out of Gadna, Saltbox Kitchen Brewery in Concord, and a bunch of other great breweries bringing down fresh, local, dark beer. There's two sessions taking place this Saturday, and that's February 9th, one to four p.m. and then six to nine p.m. That's at Cape Cod Beer on Finney's Lane, in Hyannis. The admission is twenty dollars. It covers 10 4 four-ounce samples and a glass to take home. Ten? Ten samples, four-ounce samples, a little. Okay, one. No, so no, no, no. Like, I mean, it's not forty like a pint. ounces of beer. So it's like that's there would be ten that, pints. That's like three beers or whatever. Yeah. So it's it's 4 four-ounce samples, forty ounces of beer, and you get a glass which seems pretty cool for 20 bucks. And also, if you discovered a dark beer that you love, that could be your friend for a long time. My first first wife was a dark beer. (laughs) (laughs) She was a stout. (laughs) <laughs> I'm just kidding. Oh. It's just like oh, a joke here, a beer joke. Uh, you're so horrified. I hope she doesn't listen to this show. <laughs> my wife's a saint. She's lovely and wonderful, and she's not
2: a dark beer. She's a human being. <laughs> Maybe this will help me get over, uh, conquer my fear of dark beer, because the last time I had a dark beer was at the Guinness factory in Dublin, and then hours later I woke up in, like, a gutter in Galway covered in clovers, and I didn't know what was going on. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: Oh my goodness!
1: Come here, my friend. Would you like me, gold? <laughs> have another sip of this dark beer. Wow! Don't, I didn't don't know. be afraid. I don't know. Can you really face ten four-ounce samples? Your hand will be shaking the whole time, and you have to pick up another one. <laughs> That's not easy. But that sounds like a lot of fun. And uh, I could, I could think about. But who drives me home? If I have ten four-ounce samples, I think I cannot drive. That's the problem. Who's gonna be my beer buddy? Not me. Maybe we should stick to fine dining, because that's what we're experts at, is spending big, large amounts of money at fancy restaurants and enjoying the high life. Why? Because we work for a newspaper. And we get tons of moolah. Right, boys? <laughs> Lots so, of free cash. Yeah, right. yeah. Hey, yeah. Oh, yeah. Let's see. I got a one in my wallet. Free stuff. I got one crumpled dollar bill. But one of us, one lucky fellow, it would be Mung, Managed to trip the plate fantastic over at Villaggio Ristorante in Katuit. Now, this is a well-known and well-thought-of Italian restaurant. And, Mung, first of all, I can't believe you got dressed up, tucked in your shirt, and went out to a fancy restaurant in Katuit. Villaggio Ristorante. What the heck was going on down there?
2: I even brought my eating smock. Which which is a classy term for what some people may uh, describe as a bib, but of course for us sophisticated types, it's an eating smock.
1: I see, like you're an artist,
2: right? Exactly,
1: you're like Jackson Pollock.
2: <laughs> the only reason uh, Mung was able to afford this and uh, have a nice night out because it was Mung's birthday. So oh, it was Mung day. That's so, nice. Yes. So in Mung
1: years, you're now two. Yes. You <laughs> were born on a leap 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 year. Yes. Uh, by your
2: calendar, the Mungian calendar. You're always in a Benjamin Button world. Uh, um, but yes, no, the whole Hmong family was there, and we went wild, because I've always been <laughs> wanting to go to this place ever since. Uh, it, I hadn't been to this location since it was the Regatta in Katuit. Oh, I remember that. Um, I- which was a really awesome place. Yeah. Um, so I've been wanting to go here for years, the Villagio. And what's cool about it, it's a two-for-one type place. And you're like, what does that mean? They have the Villaggio, but like right inside is a place called the Sons of Liberty Tavern. So it's like two places in one, and the tavern menu is really delicious, l- a little more lower priced, um, but it was really classy in there. But if you eat in the tavern, you can also eat off the full Bellagio menu, which has lots of, as you mentioned, Italian dishes, lots of seafood, so you can just get the best of all worlds. All
1: right, uh-huh. that's the strategy then. Eat that's the, the strategy. Eat in the tavern room, the whole world is your oyster.
2: Yes, but you can't get the tavern menu in the Bellagio. So if you like stuff from the tavern menu, you definitely uh-huh. want to eat there. And one thing caught my eye. was. It's caught my eye for like over a year. You know how much I love chicken tenders and buffalo chicken tenders. uh, Wait
1: a minute though. I mean, you're going to a fancy Italian Uh, restaurant and you're ordering off the gringo menu in the the kids' corner. Oh yeah. Here's
2: why. Because the Sons of Liberty Tavern takes it to another notch uh, that I've never seen before. Ready? Here's one of their appetizers that we got at the Sons of Liberty Tavern. It's called Green Dragon Purgatory Chicken. Boneless chicken smothered with a fiery blend of spices in a chili pepper puree with a touch of honey and tomato and banana peppers served with chunky blue cheese. <laughs> Mom? <laughs> this blew every chicken buffalo chicken tender away so that I've a ever second. had.
1: So it's covered in peppers? And oh it's my god, like... it was
2: so spicy and so delicious. You'll never want the traditional boneless buffalo. Did it like blow your... did it bl- blew my mind? Did it, did, it, did it blow my, your mouth out? Yes, I my mean... top... Like one of those old cartoons, it was just like fire. And oh, it was spun
1: around, and then it came back on your head chicken.
2: backwards. It was such a delightful appetizer because I knew I wanted next. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Good grief! Whoa, whoa!
1: How hot though? Purgatory sounds hot. It sounds oh, like a place it you was might.
2: So hot! It was like eight out of ten, man.
1: Well, purgatory isn't exactly hell. It's the place you go to wait to see. Right, so it's not actually right, like it hot. Hot. It wasn't
2: like. It's more it's, like a steam room or like it, a sauna. Eg- hot?
0: Exactly. You know, you have like a towel around yourself. You're just <laughs>
1: waiting to go.
0: To hell or heaven, right? Oh, it, so it's still it, up for grabs at that it, point? Isn't Isn't that purgatory? If you're in pur-
1: purgatory, are you on your way to heaven, or could you be sent to hell? I think it could be either or. I'm not really sure. I'm All not... right, so you're not burning and pitchforking. Right, right, but
2: you're almost there.
1: You're almost in hell,
2: in a good way. So good, and it was perfect. <laughs>
1: How hot, though, really, like mm, on a scale of one to ten?
2: Really hot, like eight. That's pretty hot, Greg. Uh, you really needed hot. the chunky blue cheese to take it down. These are some of the best chicken tenders in the What do you mean, like, hottest... chunky blue cheese in oh, a fire extinguisher form? So like, they just... <laughs> so good. Because um, I knew I was cool going to have beef for my main meals. So I like to alternate, like, meat. So chicken for appetizer, beef. So I got the Colonial Cottage Pie, which was ground Wagyu beef, which is, like, some of the top-quality ground beef that you can get, simmered in a brown gravy with mixed vegetables, topped with mashed potatoes. It was, like, the best shepherd's pie you can possibly imagine. The gravy was so... Rich and delightful. This was a the uh, winter night when it was actually snowing. There was barely anybody in there. We had attentive service. It was so awesome. All of these things are less than eighteen dollars at the tavern menu, and even uh, some of the things that the Hmong family ordered, like fried haddock bites, crispy pork belly. Um, uh, my mom ordered a Oysters Rockefeller, all Whoa. less, all less oh, than. Two. Mama sense. Mung is w- breaking it, it, the bank. It looked so great. It had spinach and cheese and like a lemon butter. Whoa. All right. So, the
1: good thing I'm hearing oh, about man. this is He's that even though it's uh, an extremely well known and well thought of Italian restaurant, this this tavern side opens up a whole new world of eating, right?
2: Com- comfort food, classics, really well done, fresh <laughs> ingredients. And then again, you can order off the big menu, tons of pasta. Did anybody order
1: a pasta or anything like that? Did you guys
2: stick tavern-wise? Um, we, we stuck to smaller plates in the sharing sense, so that was great. Um, and it was really, really awesome experience. Now, um,
1: at any point during the meal, did you get up from the tavern, go into the dining room and say, you schmucks don't know what you're missing. <laughs> you can't order off this tavern menu. <laughs> at
2: that schmucks? point, I was escorted out. No. Uh, really cool. And I like that they have this, this dual eating experience kind of That's kind of, kind of interesting. Thing.
0: And the fact that there's some crossover. Yeah. Impossible. And
2: it was bad weather, so it wasn't packed, but the tavern side, lots of people eating at the bar. You could tell that, you know, they were local types. They knew each other. It was a cool place to go to hang out. It was pretty packed. And this is in some kind of
1: historic building. I believe the building is on the National Register of Historic Places. Did it feel kind of charming and old in there? Or? It
2: did. This is the kind of place you want to bring people who have never been to the Cape for the first time. It reminded me of like an old sea captain's home. Right, like a really in. interesting architecture and And again, it's it's you know, it's not a a cheap place, the Bellagio, but you know it's worth it. Sometimes you got to treat yourself.
1: Oh, come on in, Marge. Try this chicken. It's not that hot, (laughs) don't you?
2: (laughs) Anything that says purgatory (laughs) chicken, I'm gonna
1: have. Flames coming out of your mouth. So good. Well, Well, that's that sounds pretty good, although. You know, only on my birthday, really, would I allow that kind of luxury. You know what it's like? No, you eat out all the time. You don't uh, have kids. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you take you, trips. You, you go to restaurants. You go nowhere. I mean, you Jeez. stay home all the time. If I can t- take the time of my life to actually toast my Pop-Tart, yeah. <laughs> and not just eat it out of the package. I'm doing well. That's, yep. a, that's a night out for me. You have Jeez. to
0: learn You have to learn the joys of ketchup. You can put it on anything. Oh, you know? man. Toast Pop-tarts, and ketchup. tarts and yeah. ketchup. Celery and <laughs> ketchup. Right,
1: toast. Oh. I always wondered what, what percentage of ketchup is actually washed down the drain and what percentage of ketchup is actually consumed. Is it 50-50? Is it 30% of ketchup that's eaten and 70% that gets washed away? What's the situation? I Some substances, you eat everything of it. But, I mean, where does ketchup go? There's Mm. probably a big, like, vent in the ocean, and the ketchup burbles up, burbles (laughs) up. And there's a strange ecosystem of red and pink animals saying, that stuff's pretty good. (laughs) That's an aside. But on the Cape, there's a lot of ketchup flying around, a lot of unused ketchup. Oh, man, I love ketchup. Where does it all go? So
0: much. It It is a reason to eat almost anything.
1: Well, after all this food, there's only one thing we can do, fellas. And this is one thing that is great on Cape Cod, especially... In a mild kind of sunny winter, which pretty much we've had, it's time to get out there and walk in some of the nature spaces. And I was out a couple days ago down in Mashpee, all the way down from the Mashpee Rotary, all the way down that peninsula, if indeed that's what it is, all the way down to South Cape Beach, and I walked the Dead Neck Trail, which when I saw the sign scared me a little bit because it says, Dead Neck Trail, Nudity Prohibited. I was like, "Oh yeah," Aww. and right. you and you took all your clothes off and said, uh, "Yeah, I'm gonna do this naked." I had to I had to take off my news poncho and just run screaming into a pine tree. I'm gonna do it. No, it's uh, <laughs> this is off the edge of the town parking lot at South Cape Beach, and when you first look at it, you think this can't be that long, and I wonder what's out there, and you start hiking through this soft sand and then these little piney knolls of these gnarly pine trees that almost look like pine trees you'd see on top of a mountain that are so weather-worn. And it must be the wind just coming in across Martha's Vineyard. <laughs> and the trees can't grow very tall. And you see birds everywhere. It seems to be some kind of fly zone. Someone there saw a snowy owl that I didn't see. Uh-huh. Ooh. And that's like the trophy of seeing something. And I didn't see it, but I did see a bunch of other crazy seabirds and stuff like that. And the trail leads out to a state jetty. About a mile out, and you are by yourself, and you're looking over, and there's that legendary strange thing rising up through the fog. Fa- it's Martha's Vineyard, Da-da. the island of Martha's Vineyard over there, and you can see little things, buildings, and people mm. screaming for help. <laughs> Get us off this island. It's wintertime. <laughs> so that was a splendid, maybe a two-hour stroll. You can make a loop by coming back South Cape Beach, which it looked like people were gathering beach glass at one point. And I wanted to tarry, but I had to. I had to go. There were many things to do, but it was just a splendid feeling of almost being in the old West in Death Valley on the Dead Neck Trail, even though you're surrounded by water. Hmm. So that was. I
2: love the Dead Neck Trail. I frequented it because. It reminds me of something that everybody should be seeking out here on the Cape, because there's not a lot of it. Um, Nice beach, walking trails, undeveloped, no houses, no parking lots, Mm -hmm. like a half mile or a mile long stretch of just sand. Reminds me of my favorite beach, Long Beach in Centerville. I mean, of course, the Cape Cod National Seashore has tons of undeveloped uh, sand walks up there. But on the south side, we're talking like Pompones at Spit, Washburn Island, Harding's Beach in Chatham, where you can actually just go out on a little spit a little stretch of sand and just have it all to yourself and not have to worry about running into someone's house or some car or, or a something. private property sign, right, get right, out yeah, at the beach yeah, and then yeah. you have to
1: pretend you're fishing, fouling or navigating. That's right. Which is hard because then you're like wiggling and wobbling. You're checking your compass. You've got That's your why, pocket fisherman. You're
0: casting. It's not easy. Exactly. That's why you need the pocket fisherman or a gun
1: or some surveyor stuff or yeah, like something, so, yeah. something like that or a rubber chicken. That you just hunted. That's, That's right. Like, you're, that, you're, you're if foul someone left. comes up to you, you squeak it. Yep. Look what I got. I'm crazy. <laughs> That's the other reason you can have for being at the mean low tide mark is you're just flat out nuts and they don't want to mess with you. Yeah, it's true along the south side. Not too much. Greg, up in your territory, north side of uh, Dennis. Oh, yeah. Along the uh, bay beaches there. I mean, certainly you could start down at Sandy Neck. You can walk forever. Low tide. I mean, anywhere down there. You, you know. get to, and we got to do that, guys. I've been thinking about that. What would be better than finding a wicked low tide and running out like a mile and a half as far as you could in Cape yeah. Cod Bay yeah. just to see the weird landscape that's usually under the water? Are there flapping fishes? Are there old anchors? What, what's out there at low tide when it's so exposed? It does it every day like the Bay of Fundy. Hmm. We need to do that.
0: I think it's a lot of beer can-
1: Well, good. I'm glad to hear that because it makes me feel like I am not alone. (laughs) I just don't walk out that far with my empties. I recycle them all the time. Of course you do. Yeah, so I also took a walk before the Super Bowl uh, to the Collins Road area of South Truro, and that is a wonderland. Got out and saw just epic vistas, beautiful sun on the back shore, and it's... uh, Always reassuring to visit the Cape Cod National Seashore and think, wow, these, these would have been some great house lots, which will never be sold or developed. It's so refreshing and one of the great things about living on Cape Cod. Is that off Route 6? Where is uh, that Where It is. is. That exactly? It's right at the uh, Wealthley-Truro town line. You take a right, yeah, and it uh, turns into Collins Road, which is sort of running parallel to Route 6, and... If you park there, you can see spots where people park and there's jeep roads, fire trails that just go in and sort of link up and lurk around. And there's little paths that go off there and it takes you to the brim of the world. Giant dunes, 150 feet off the ocean floor where you're just looking for miles. No houses, no people, just pure Cape Cod joy, which is what we are all about. But we're civilized too, gentlemen. Never let it be said that we're not civilized. Is that that pretty much... True, you're civilized. I'm, I'm super civilized. You're wearing a smoking jacket and an ascot today. Oh, darling, I've got my like, pipe. So no. nice to see you, yeah. yeah. Now, one thing we don't see a lot of on Cape Cod is Grammy Award winners. I mean, that's like the elite of the elite. So if you get a chance to see a Grammy, well, let me say we have plenty of Grammys on Cape Cod because we have an older <laughs> population. But that's not what I'm talking about here. I'm talking about mm-hmm. Grammy awards, which are gramophone awardee big music things. Yeah. Not Grammys, who are so kind and lovely, and who we do, we love. We, we love. Them, love we love Grammys. We love, love them, Grammys. Let's get right. Let's get that out of the way. We are not anti-Grammy on this program. For years, ever since the incident when Greg attacked the Grammys of the world back in two thousand four. We have been re-educated, and we've had that whole position clarified. I was and so
0: ticked off. How could you ever attack the Grammys so... of the world?
1: She insulted me. You're spoiling your grandchildren, you said. <laughs> I mean, you were like, you're spoiling and spoiling. Don't give them another candy stick. And then he went off.
0: Beep, Boy, beep. Crazy.
1: No, these are Grammy Award winning uh, musicians. And here's your chance, amazingly to me, this Friday... A Grammy-winning cellist is playing in Sandwich. His name is Mike Block. He's a Grammy Award-winning cellist, singer, and composer. And he's going to be featured in the third edition of the Village Concert Series, sponsored by the Sandwich Arts Alliance. He's playing 7 o'clock Friday at Sandwich Town Hall. A $25 ticket for adults, $10 for students. Mm. And to me to hear a master of the cello, which may be... Don't you just love the... the most beautiful instrument there is. cello. It's Mm. so gorgeous.
0: It's so bass. It's... uh, it's
1: I mean, my daughters, uh, who have recently given up their uh, school music careers, one played violin, and one played cello. And I swear, when they practice, you can hit no wrong notes on a cello. (laughs) It's all like your friendly uncle, like, Hey, how you doing? But you hit those notes on the violin that are wrong, and it's like cats are being turned inside out, and they're not happy about it, and someone's putting their their tail in a pencil sharpener. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, I'm glad you're playing, honey. And then you're like, I'm going out to the shed for a while, and it's like 20 degrees. Let me know when you're done. (laughs) But a cellist. Uh, We, we of course, know Mike Block. Uh, He's recorded original material folk music and cross-cultural collaborations According to his bio, he's worked in performance and recording with a variety of musicians. Stevie Wonder, the New York Philharmonic, Allison Krauss, Bobby McFerrin. He's toured the world as a member of cellist Yo-Yo Ma's Silk Road Ensemble, featured as cello and vocal soloist. He was with Yo-Yo Ma? Yo!
2: (laughs) I bet he has some wild Yo-Yo stories.
1: Oh, man. Yo-Yo, who's your daddy? Ma. I don't know. It's Yo-Yo Ma. I mean, he's the king of the cello guys, right? He's the best. So this guy must be pretty good. This Mike Mike Block. Yeah. So for twenty-five bucks, you can see a Grammy Award winner at Sandwich Town Hall Friday night, seven o'clock, and for a pretty low ticket of twenty-five dollars. I got to add one. Oh, Mung. Before the show, you were tasked with finding Grammy connections to Cape Cod. I'm going to assume there aren't any, so I'm going to move on.
2: Oh, no, no. Don't move on just yet. Because I like this segue. Speaking of Grammys, did you know that if you tuned into the Grammy Awards this Sunday, uh, February 10th, you could uh, potentially see some uh, Grammy artists uh, with Cape Cod connections? It can't be true. We have two of them. Ah. Ah. Yes, we got Ah. Kate McGarry. And the Skylark Vocal Ensemble have been nominated for Grammy Awards this year. Wow. Uh, yeah, Kate McGarry has ties to Hyannis. And the Skylark Vocal Ensemble, um, they have ties to Falmouth and Chatham. And uh, Kate McGarry is uh, nominated for Best Jazz Vocal Album. And the Skylark, uh, they're nominated for Best Choral Performance and Best Immersive Audio Album. So uh, this is music's biggest night. and we could That's have, very impressive. We could that have, is, yeah, awesome. this is neat People with cape ties could yeah. come out winners, so we, we wish them the best. We are very
1: proud, and uh, we're hoping that our band next year is nominated. We've been doing some work. You guys sound really great. And so the three grumps will be uh, releasing an album and hopefully...
2: Uh, oh, Grumpgrass!
1: Greg, Greg, Grumpgrass, Greg sings the lead on our first <laughs> single, which is Get Off My Lawn. <laughs> Get off my lawn. Get off my lawn. Gonna hit you wherever born. Get off my lawn. Get off my lawn. Get off my lawn. Get off my lawn. Off my lawn. That's my ball now. Get off my lawn. You little rotten. Ooh. All right. Uh, All right. <laughs> one thing I recalled you know, you know that I'm a stick in the mud who stays home quite a bit but we were talking about that story slam last week in Provincetown yeah I went to it you did me and the fabulous uh, my fabulous wife went up there to Provincetown we were at the Provincetown theater on Bradford Street. And we watched 10 Storytellers. How was that? It was a total blast, man. I mean, the people were brave. Uh, They had excellent short stories. I mean, and it's a kind of situation where the whole crowd's behind everyone because you're depending on your fellow audience members to come up and entertain you and tell a story. And uh, there were funny ones. There were sad ones. uh, Very heartwarming. And something I highly recommend for $12. It was a whole lot of entertainment. There are two more coming up in the um, winter series on March 2nd and April 2nd. You can go to the Provincetown Theater website to find out more about the Mosquito Story Slam. I was doubtful when I walked in, but I was full of joy when I left and heard some crazy funny stories. Uh, Quick funny one. This guy and his wife are driving across country to celebrate something. They're at this beautiful campground in a national park. They're like the only people in the whole campground. And they're like, oh, they're having a beer. And then this big van of German tourists show up and pick the spot right next to him and start making a hell of a lot of noise and pounding beers. And so this guy's like, oh, I can't believe these guys are here. And he went over and said something. like, hey, uh. And then they move there. The two people moved their campsite. And he's like, oh, I don't like those party guys or whatever, you know. So later, they're all going to the bathroom. And he walks in there. There's a couple of the German guys. And the guy's like, I'm going to give him the cold shoulder. So he's just looking at him real cold. And he butters up his toothbrush, and he sort of, and yeah, he was going in, he starts brushing his teeth, and it tastes funny, and he looks down, and it's Preparation H. Oh! So he's like, oh. What? And then he stays with it, the guys are right there, he's like... <laughs> Spits real tough, gives him the cold shoulder, and leaves the campground bathroom. Mm. So that's one murky story I heard at so, the Story um, Slam. So um,
0: I heard my story last week about uh, the seagulls uh, pooping on my car. Oh,
1: how did it, they, how did the, I repeated that word for word and was escorted out the back and stuffed into a theatrical dumpster, <laughs> which was filled with all broken props. Uh. And so that didn't go over too well, Greg. But uh, you can polish it, and you can appear at the next Mosquito Story Slam. In March. I'll be there. Uh, but it was great.
2: So the uh, the point of your story is there is relief for hemorrhoids of the teeth?
1: I guess. I guess uh, Maybe if your lips are all pursed or something or swollen, maybe uh, it works. But it also seemed to me like this is guy. just disgusting. He's telling a story that's sort of self-deprecating about how he was trying to be sneery. And he got his comeuppance for being sneery. But he's also saying, I was on a road trip and I had horrible hemorrhoids. And so I don't know if that's something you want to really confess <laughs> oh, to like 70 of your non-friends in Provincetown. Good point. So why does he even have that in his medicine kit? Because yeah. my <laughs> wife said to me afterwards, what is Preparation H? And I'm like, well... She's like, what? (laughs) That guy looked like he was in good shape. I'm like, I don't think it's like about that. No, no, no. He immediately confessed to some kind of hemorrhoid issue as he crossed the country. It's not
0: always obvious that you have that issue.
1: Well, I don't know. I mean, maybe when you get on a pony and ride bareback when you're uh, going to a dude ranch or something, there are issues, but I don't know. So, anyway, it was really fun and heartwarming, and uh, those are brave people to get up and tell the stories. It's really wonderful, and, you know, they're not getting paid. Uh, But they're good. All right, other things going on, folks. A lot of other exciting things. Uh, Greg, this is right up your alley. Historical Society recreates sock hop days. Among, you may recall, sock hops. uh, Maybe your people put on one big sock. And hop toward
2: the chicken fingers at the buffet table? It takes about 115 times for me to hop into my socks every morning.
1: <laughs> so anyway, this is weird. The Bourne is... No, it's nice. The Bourne Historical Society invites guests to come rock around the clock. Oh, yeah. With a sock hop fundraiser that includes dancing to music from the 1950s and 60s, all ages event, which is nice. There's not a lot of all ages things that kids can go to without being trouble. It includes contests for best costumes, hula hooping, lip syncing, root beer floats, cash bar, more. This is 7.30 to 11 p.m. on Saturday at a place called, get this, the Weary Travelers Club. I've never heard of that. That's on Valley Bars Road in Monument Beach, which is part of Mm Bourne? Monument Beach? Yes, it is. It's a mysterious part of uh, Cape Cod, which is on, not the canal buzzards bay it's south of the canal Mm -hmm. and i've Mm -hmm. been there a couple times but i haven't done much there there's a bakery there called something someone's but anyway in monument beach so the weary travelers club turns out to be a private club with a function facility in monument beach and the room holds 180 people so i had no idea about the weary travelers club it's a great name sounds like a good place to party root beer float dancing to the oldies greg you love oldies I love oldies.
0: And actually, in my youth, I was a very, very good hula hoop. -er. Really?
1: How long could you hula hoop for? Uh, you know, a couple hours. He's moving. What? No, not really. Yeah. He was moving his hips suggestively, Mung. Did you see that? Oh, I uh, tried yeah. to unsee it. You, <laughs> you have to do it a certain way. You you're, gotta, you're a rather you're thin gotta, person. Greg. Gotta, how, kinda, how did you manage to sort of whip your body around so quickly? It's all about the hip action, man. You just so do the hips. When you're deep in the hula hoop zone, yeah. is your mind blank? Are you going to Bali? What are you doing to stay into that sort of hula hooping area? Well, you do have
0: to kind of zone out, I think, and but, you not really. You have to, it's all about the hips. You have to focus
1: on the hips. So, what are you thinking? Like paint shaker, paint shaker, paint shaker, paint shaker? Like in a hardware store? Because if the hips stop moving,
0: the hula hoop falls right to the ground. That's
1: deep, somehow, Mung. Mm, wow. Yeah, yeah. That's a deep thought. Almost it, like your son thought.
2: Just your like Your son
1: and Beach thought. What was that, Mung?
2: Oh. Uh, The ocean doesn't know that it's cloudy. That was. That was. Those are the two deepest
1: things that we've ever produced here on the Fun Show. Something about hula hoops, and clouds on the sun. So that sounds nice. A sock hop, in Monument Beach on Saturday night, at the Weary Travelers Club. They also have a week long, uh, a winter long fish fry every Friday night. We use fresh cod from a local market, fried or baked burgers and dogs for the land lovers, hmm. aka huh. mung. Huh. Twenty dollars, under twenty dollars uh, every Friday night at the Weary Travelers Club. I have not done enough sort of public breakfasts and dinners in my recent months. I love going out for like a big American Legion breakfast or something like I that, am? or a pancake yeah. breakfast somewhere. <laughs> but I'm at home. What else we got going on, people? wizard of oz mung i know you're a wizard of oz guy is that true oh it's true Somewhere fo- i follow the, the yellow Brick road everywhere you mean down to Wareham to the dispensary <laughs> 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 what's that thing where all of a sudden the e-cigs are blowing up now that's really unnerving oh dear yeah i mean that's been getting i mean someone blew up with an, e- an e-cig what's the deal with that <laughs> Why does that have to be happening? That sounds dangerous. <laughs> I mean, there's all these devices and all these dispensaries, and they're tempting you left and right, and then some guy, somehow, it blows up. Why is everything potentially
0: dangerous? Why can't something be totally, absolutely safe? Well, I don't 100% know. hundred percent of the time. Like a
1: thousand years ago, it'd be like, ox carts, man. <laughs> he got run over by an ox cart. Who could have seen that coming? We should have stayed on ox back. We should not have gotten the cart behind the ox. Now he's down. He got gored, too, while he was at it, but it didn't matter because he was already crushed by the ox cart. But then they gored him. <laughs> Why did they do that? <laughs> That's what I mean. So the life is dangerous, it's, I guess. It's very dangerous. So let's not worry about that. Let's talk about the Wizard of Oz in concert. Ooh. Presented by Cape Symphony and the Katuit Center for the Arts. That's at 3 and 7.30 p.m. Saturday and 3 p.m. Sunday. Wow. No oh, matinees. It's a Wizard of Oz weekend. That's at the Barnstable Performing Arts Center. Which is at the high school, mm-hmm. the Barstable mm-hmm. High School right here on West Main Street in Hyannis, the big room, the classy room, and it looks like the setup is going to include like actors reading from the script and the musicians on stage at the same time, <laughs> and they're going to run through the whole score, all the songs, and I think the dialogue too, so this is an immersion neat into well, the Wizard yeah. of Oz thing, yeah. which what's the story with that? Is that was all some kind of dream because she got knocked on the head?
2: Yeah, you was know. Was that all like a concussion thing? Dorothy gets concussion for playing all that football. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Dorothy Edelman, And, <laughs> and then she reimagines all of her friends as weird characters,
1: right? So yeah, the whole thing took place while she was passed out and like, oh, my head, and it didn't really happen? Uh, spoilers. <laughs>
0: It wasn't. It wasn't some kind of drug thing, was it?
1: <laughs> was it a big? Because there's a point where this dust, right? There's some flower that's, dust. That's what I happens mean. Happens with that. It's some sort of it, drug. It, of. it was rough in Kansas. Making me nervous. In the 30s. Opium, opium kind of thing. <laughs> and was it really in Kansas? Hmm. <laughs> Might have been Nebraska, uh, and they never told you. Yeah. Wow, it could have been anywhere. By the way, there is a Wellfleet, Nebraska, and a Hyannis, Nebraska. Those are little known facts. No kidding. If you want to come by, Hyannis is the bigger city. In Nebraska, Wellfleet's very small, but uh, Hyannis, Nebraska, has a store and sort of a downtown. And apparently, they were both named likely by railroad guys who came from the Cape, got out there, and said, "Are you kidding? You're Hyannis." You're fleet. Wellfleet. Hmm. So those are little-known facts that somehow, combining with the Wizard of Oz weekend with the Cape Symphony Orchestra and all sorts of other things. Fellas, I think we've got we to bring this. We have too much more here, but we're going to have to bring it down to a landing. Any f- final thoughts? Keep the torch lit with joy. Super Bowl's over. Red Sox are starting up. And the winter appears over. The groundhog said we're going to have an early spring. And we're going to ride that comet's tail right here in the Cape Cod Fun Show. And Heating up the fun. And I just
0: got my seed catalog in the mail. So spring and summer are just around the corner.
1: All right. This has been fantastic. What a show. What an incredible show. I want to thank you guys for being here. Thank you, Mung. My pleasure. Thank you, Greg. You are welcome. My name is Eric Williams. You've been listening to the Cape Cod Fun Show. Till next time. Till next week. See ya! Dorothy, are you okay? You got a big lump on your head. I want some chowder. (laughs) I miss Cape Cod. Well, click your quahog clamshells together three times there, girl. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh,
0: human remains that are left.
2: Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan.